episode of A Novel Evening. I'm Danny, also known as Instagram as Blotted Ink Books. And for this episode, I am joined by a pair of authors who are working on a project unlike anything I think I have ever read or heard about. Um, it's something that is incredibly intriguing to me. So I'm joined for this episode by Melvin Burgess, who's the author of Three Bullets, and Peter Kalu, who's the author of One Drop. And along with Tariq Mahmood, who has written a novel called The Second Coming, they are working on what they call a triptych of novels. Uh, a trilogy of novels that are all set within the same world. Uh, a future dystopian Britain, uh, you know, we're getting real kind of um, not so far in the distant future vibes. And uh, yeah, they have written a novel each that is set in this world that they have created together. I am really excited to chat with them. As I say, this is something I have never heard of. Melvin Burgess, I am familiar with his work. He is well known in YA circles for his novels. Um, I'm very, very excited to chat with Peter. I have had a look at both of their books and they sound so intriguing, so exciting, and sadly, <laughs> extremely timely at the moment. I think that they've hit on something that's gonna resonate pretty deeply. Uh, so let's have a chat with them. Let's find out all about their project, what they've been working on, how they come up with this idea, and of course, delve into their novel evening. So a huge hello to Melvin and Peter. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey, happy Sunday. Isn't it? Happy Sunday. It's lovely here now. We had rain over in Devon, um, just to spice things up a bit. And now we've got, I'm sat in my attic and it's so hot as well. <laughs> Well, uh, yes, uh, uh, up up here in the damp northwest, uh, it was it was very very wet this morning. Uh, it's lovely now. I'm sitting in my uh, in my office actually, and it is wood and it is boiling hot. <laughs> but it's a very nice Sunday. I've just watched I've just watched the footy and I've watched the uh, ladies uh, beat the uh, the English ladies beat the German ladies, and it was great. So you know that's very nice, isn't it? Eh? I mean, you know, it's what we do best, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, we do losing best normally, don't we? <laughs> Not the women, missing. though. <laughs> you lose very well. We won. I, I, I did notice, Melvin. We practice at winning before we get really good at it, I think. You've switched, Melvin. When in, in our preamble, you were saying they of England. Now you're saying we. Now that we're live yeah. on air, you're saying yeah. we. Yeah, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. I know yeah. you have German connections. So, I do uh, have German connections. <laughs> yeah. You have I torn do. loyalties. I do. <laughs> oh. They're not that torn, Pete. They're not. They're not so torn that I'm going to back a losing team. <laughs> but if Germany had won, you can take that. Yeah, it's a handy thing to have if you can. You know, you can back both teams, and you're sure to have at least one winner, right? It's the perfect game for me uh, versus Germany because. I, <laughs> so obviously, you guys have joined me to talk all about your books that are coming up. So I have my copies here and I'm very intrigued by this premise, by this world you've created. I have a lot of questions. To start with, obviously these are novels that are set in the same universe. So you've written your own novels, but they're kind of companion pieces in that they are set within this, you know, this future Britain that feels very timely and modern <laughs> to me at the moment. Where did this start? How did you guys get started on this idea? Um, uh, shall I shall I do uh, this bit, Pete? Then um, so um, go for it, Melvin. Okay. It was a drunken evening. 
three you years ago. It, I haven't touched it for all. <laughs> oh, that evening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it, it, it really was a, a triple uh, collaboration, this one. Yeah. Um, uh, it was our, our friend of ours, uh, Tariq, Tariq Mahmood, um, um, suggested doing some work together, um, of which I was very wary of. I have tried to write novels with people uh, in the past, and uh, they always go off in the wrong direction, frankly. So I was, um, you know, a bit wary. But um, I, I, I'd had this idea of doing, um, doing a, uh, um, a kind of what if, what if it happened here at the time of uh, when all the wars were going on in Syria and you had all the refugees landing here and they were all being turned away. And I thought, well, suppose there was a war here and uh, English people were being refugees. You know, how would that work out? So I suggested that we imagine that world and um, uh, uh, that there is a war here and that the political situation has deteriorated. So uh, that was the premise. And Tariq actually um, devised, I think, the whole political scenario about yes. the, uh, the dollar going, uh, the, the Americans defaulting on the dollar and uh, American troops going kind of AWOL and all, all this sort of stuff. And then Pete came out with this um, very, very, very clever idea about uh, people being rewritten <clears throat> and, yes. how, um, and how, you know, uh, uh, history is always written by the winners, but what happens if they write it directly into the brains of the losers so that your memory is replaced and your identity is, is replaced. So, so all this cheerful idea was adopted by both Melvin and Tariq and uh, <laughs> our dystopia was born. <laughs> It's a tremendously rich idea, and uh, and so all, all three books were, were influenced by that, really. So it was truly a proper a proper collaboration between the three of us. And we then, um, as Pete suggested, um, or at least Pete and Tariq, who are big drinkers, they were off having loads of booze, weren't weren't you, Pete? While I was sitting sipping my milkshake, just behaving. We, yeah, uh, yeah. No, we had we had a lot of drunken nights, and we had a lot of fun getting together and. Uh, discussing how it would work and what the politics are and how the the rewriting would work and the whole thing. So um, yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah. I mean, what I, I did find Melvin was that um, you were really strong on the geography of all the elements of the book. You know, who was where, where they had to go, where you know the the, the forces that, uh, that that were against uh, those who were trying to free themselves from this oppressive system, where those forces would be coming from, and the kind of circulation and rotation of forces uh, I was really more concerned with with as you said the um, the concept of artificial intelligence of implants and of mind control and um, Tariq's own uh, emphasis was what would you say it was Melvin I don't want to get into trouble with Tariq <laughs> I think I think we could safely say that Tariq's angle was much was very political mm -hmm. a very political beast uh, Tariq and uh, he was very much I think concerned with, um, well, you know, uh, talking about racism, uh, talking about religion used as a, uh, as, 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 a as a weapon of war, if you like, and as a, a, a ideological weapon, uh, that sort of thing. I, mean, well, I was, I was the geography because right from the start, I decided my character was going to be a refugee, and they were going to be travelling around the country, and I kind of envisaged that Marty would be able to kind of loosely connect everything by, you know, sort of being in various places. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Pete's much more, um, uh, much more, um, 
what's the word really much more sort of uh, in depth i suppose there's more more depth to it mine's 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 a voice uh, of, of someone sort of trying to escape and trying to hang on to who she is but in pete's case much more difficult book to write really because you're talking about pe people's identity shifting and trying to hang on to who they are and what they are and so forth so you know i i, I very rich idea and a very rich um, you know political scenario as well and a great I think pleasure to, to oh. write with other people where you can sort of discuss, you know, what's going on and, uh, and all the rest of it. I remember, um, you know, when I was talking about my, I said to Pete very early on that my character could actually come down to the, the Iraq, to the Evangelical Realignment Centre, uh, which is the, the camp where they're rewriting uh, these guys. And um, I said to him, my, my, my girl could come down with some um, with some software that might sort of help help them out, okay. And, and Pete's Pete's reaction to that was, well, that's great, Melvin, but um, uh, we can't have the uh, I can't have the white cavalry. <laughs> she has to be mixed race. So um, so that was a, a challenge to me, a really interesting challenge because you know you're you're wary of writing um, a, you know a black character or a mixed race character because you know you're going to get it wrong. But fortunately. Although Pete and Tariq both explained to me that it wasn't the, the business of, um, of black people to educate white people, they both did. And, yeah. uh, and, and I, had a, I had a lot of help and a lot of hand-holding and a lot of, um, you know, so it's a fantastic opportunity for me to, to try and write, um, you know, a black character, a mixed race character and uh, a, a, proper, um, a proper education, yeah. a proper steep learning curve. Well, it sounds like from all three angles, you all learned something because you're saying everyone was bringing something completely different to the table, your own strengths that you were bringing to this, you know, this map of the world and what was happening within it politically and, you know, with the technologies that are being employed. It's absolutely fascinating. I mean, would you be interested in exploring more stories within this world or do you think your three stories have kind of, you know, encapsulated this for you? Well, like there, there are many stories that can emerge from the story world. In fact, what we've done uh, is, is we've built such a vast landscape now, imaginary landscape, that uh, there are, there are um, internet games popping up out of it now and client uh, games also popping out of it. And we've had seven or eight other writers create mini stories within the story world. So it's all kind of cooking up really, really interestingly and uh, who knows what where it where it will end but yeah it's been absolutely fun do, doing it, it is it is kind of open-ended as far as we're concerned and uh, you know, we, we certainly don't um, want to stop anyone else if they want to try something in that story world um, obviously they'd have to do it with us because yeah. you've got to fit together yeah oh that's fascinating though what an interesting you know premise to have this open world that you know as you say it's it's limitless did you know when you created it quite how timely it would become? Because I feel like this is a story that now, when I was reading, feels very real in the time that we live in right now, you know, post-pandemic, um, with the political landscape as it is. It kind of hit hit home more than I probably have read in, in previous kind of dystopian novels. It always feels like it's quite distant, it's quite far. Whereas now it feels like, oh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
I guess we were picking up on currents that were present the three or four years ago when we started out, and those currents haven't gone away in some some senses. They, maybe they've become a little stronger. So, uh, but all, all all science fiction is always or all, all imaginary future worlds are are really reflecting on the the current world, aren't they, one way or another? And so, yeah, we we, we it, it it does remain topical, and uh, much as I wouldn't like it to be. <laughs> I prefer the opposite. You guys, you know, you must have been smoking some strange shit because that's way out of that that that, that premise, you know. But no, it, it stayed in the zone of of, of plausibility, you know. Yeah. Sometimes, sadly, sometimes fiction is uh, is not as weird as what's actually going on around us. Bizarrely. I, I mean, I think what well, you mentioned the pandemic and the war and these kind of things, but I, I, I don't know whether they've created anything new. They've certainly intensified it. I yeah. think um, so. Uh, so yes, I mean, and it's um, you know, uh, Pete, Pete and Tariq both um, been very uh, you know, both, both activists for a long time on a, on, a, on, a, on a lot of these sorts of things, much more so than me. So um, yeah, you know, uh, we we discussed all of this, and it's um, it is it is a fantastic thing to have that world where um, you can suddenly see how it's uh, how it could but be used. Talk about now. Said that, having said that, you know that yeah, we've built a world that politically can can feel real. But you are you are the 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 master among us three of, of building these dystopian future worlds, near future worlds. I think you've written them in the past, Melvin. So for me and Tariq, it's a big learning journey. And Melvin was, was often, you know, uh, with it applying ruler to our knuckles saying no you know we need some description you know <laughs> you can't run off and do all your ideas tell us what the tree looks like where is the road going is it night is it day you know how are they feeling you know it's a it's a good discipline to learn how to actually describe the, what's going on and, and and show it rather than just kind of tell it and dump it in in in, in, in sort of these massive opening paragraphs that we're always tempted to drop <laughs> yeah I was going to ask, actually, was there any disagreements or anything that one of you wanted to bring into the world that someone else was like, oh, actually, maybe not? There was a lot of, I wouldn't say um, disagreement, but um, difficulty that I face explaining the AI technology to both Melvin and Tariq. I think in the end, Tariq just gave up and uh, didn't bother uh, with that side of things. He's doing his own version of it. But I remember Melvin, We were, I, I met you at least once at the home theatre where you went through in a rather professorial way, uh, cross-examining me step by step on how this AI worked. And I must say, although it was uh, difficult because, you know, there are a lot of difficult ideas involved in the, in the AI, by laying it out for Melvin step by step as clearly as I could, um, Melvin could then communicate it far better than myself to other people. This is what Pete reads. <laughs> and so it works. Well, this, this, <laughs> this, actually, Danny, I have to tell you, this is very funny. Pete at the time was doing his PhD and, um, and could speak um, for half an hour without using any nouns or verbs it was just pure bloody adjectives and the names of obscure <laughs> critics that no one no one knew about so it was it was i have to say sometimes a question of trying to of trying to um you know work out what he was really talking about you know because it was it was it was right out there pete sometimes i mean my favorite thing um was uh, i remember sitting down i think this might have been at home as well pete and uh, pete explaining to me what was it was it the uh, five different elements of a, a, a black person walking through a public space. Okay, 
So, you know, quite... I quite... thought he was going to say the three different types of AI. That was the thing <laughs> oh, well, that yeah. I laid away at forever. You did that as well. You did that as well. I mean, I, mean, well, yeah. I, mean, I remember as, far as, as far as the AI and, uh, and, and, and the practicalities of it is concerned, I mean, the phrase, the phrase herding cats could, could really have been made for this because... Yeah. Um, you know, if you're if you're a novelist, I mean, it's not like if you're working on telly where all the stories are sort of corralled by a producer. You, you're used to sort of going off in your own direction, and um, and of course that's what happened. Everyone wanted to just go shooting off in their own direction. You can't do that because of this, and you can't because that's happening over there, and this is yeah. happening over there. So it, it was a bit like that, and um, we did. I mean, I, I seem to remember both Tariq and I felt as though there shouldn't actually be chips involved. And Pete was very insistent on they had a chip implanted there, but you know it's his, it's his thing. So yeah, it was it was quite um, uh, quite tricky like that, and there was there was a lot of um, trying to trying to make it fit together. I mean, I had the great advantage. Okay, thank you, Melvin. I was coming to that. Go on. <laughs> I had the great advantage, right? Which um, which which may or may not have been a, a point of foresight on my part of finishing my book first. So consequently, um, you know, that was kind of the blueprint, you see. Ah. So they, couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't then, they could, so, so there's, so the, the bloods, uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the uh, what was the, the correct title of them, Tariq? Can you remember? Uh, oh, I don't know. The Knights of the Bloods of uh, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, of the Second Tariq, Coming, something Tariq, like this. Tariq kept changing it. Um, <laughs> it was sort of based on the Knight Templars, I think. Um, right. the, the knights of the, the the blood of the knights the oh, the knights of the blood of Jesus Christ I can't remember anyway um, you know there was a point when they were advancing from London and arriving in Manchester where Marty was based so right. that had to happen and that had to happen at a fixed time you know so and then if you if you change that then my whole book would have to change so I did have the big advantage of finishing mine first yeah and um, yeah and at every point when my book came to be edited and published his was published first the the editor of mine was all well I'm sorry Pete but Melvin's book says this and therefore even if made, Melvin made an error you now have to follow Melvin's error yes <laughs> it was a nice a nice position to feel that even my even my errors were set in stone, Pete, as far as you were concerned. <laughs> I love that. That was, I mean, imagine, imagine being told, he might have got it wrong, but now, unfortunately, you need to change yeah. everything. It was published. It was there. You know, it was fixed. It was in, it was in black and white, as they say. It was in print. Nothing so, could be done. Melvin, I read your books when, when I was at school. Um, I can remember very clearly picking up your books, and they always tackled themes that... As, as a, I probably wasn't quite meant to read young adult, but you know what you do when you're kind of 10, 11 and you head to the school library and you pick up books that you think you shouldn't. When you're writing, and, and Peter as well, when you're writing for young adults, do you have to be a lot more mindful of the themes you're putting in? Or do you feel now that, you know, you can kind of push it a little more nowadays with, with what you're putting in? Um, well, I, I was very lucky, really. Um, my... My my very early books before things like Junk and Doing It um, were um, touted, if you like, as being sort of pushing on the edges, really. Yeah. I mean, looking back, things like Cry of the Wolf, you know, I mean, I remember Cry of the Wolf, my book, first, very first book, Cry of the Wolf, was um, shortlisted for the Carnegie Medal. And I remember one of the judges saying, there were people on that panel who thought that your book wasn't suitable for young people. OK, mm. and I mean, it's as safe as milk when you read it now. 
you know so um so so it was always like that and then when junk came along it was um it, it was as it were sort of claiming new territory so after that i was pretty well allowed to do what i wanted really i can remember i can remember someone a fellow writer who'd also been published by anderson press um being asked to remove uh, bits of language and saying to klaus Fluger, the publisher says but melvin burgess has done this in his book Melvin is Melvin. It's not his fault. I was allowed. I was allowed to get away with it because it was my sort of a USB, if you like. So there you go. I mean, nowadays, um, nowadays you can, can't you? I remember um, sitting on a panel with uh, Juno Dawson, and uh, and she was describing how um, uh, she she she'd made sure as an educational issue to describe how you can have anal sex. Which is, Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So, so you know you can you know you can do, you can, you, can, you can pretty well do anything. Uh, there, there is a um, I mean it, it is at the moment I think there's quite a strong um, morality, quite a strong sort of um, what's the word? I don't know. It's I mean you you, you you can kind of do what you want in that direction, but I, I think there are certain orthodoxies which people don't really like to be challenged that much. I mean, um, you know, well, with uh, with three bullets, you know, the character was um, a mixed race character and she was also a trans character. And, um, I did a lot of research for that. It didn't go down very well in every circle, however. And I mean, um, I, I kind of get it, you know, in, in that case, it's a community which has been defined by everyone else yeah. for the past few hundred years. So now they're not having it and they're defining themselves. And I, I'm, I'm sympathetic with that. Um, so there is, I suppose, a, peer, a, a period now of uh, not retrenchment, but a sort of putting the staves in and saying, right, that's the, that's where the stockade is. Pass that. You're a... So I kind of get it. But, um, you know, if you if, if you wanted to look at something and sort of dig into it and, and have a real poke around it, you know, you, 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 you can get some pushback. These days. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, you can you can swear you can talk about anal sex. But um, you can't really um, you can't really push at some of the, yeah. some of the orthodoxies yeah. uh, surrounding uh, identity issues, perhaps in particular. And Peter, for you, obviously yours is, as you say, you're handling a lot of kind of artificial intelligence and technologies. Again, did you ever feel there was a need to kind of, I don't want to say dumb it down, but was there a need to kind of simplify it because it's YA or did you really feel that you could put it out there? I think it's very true that if, you know something well enough, you should be able to explain it simply, or it should 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 become uh, as, sim as simple as it is possible to become. And I think that in the early days of trying to understand how it all worked, it, it is true, as Melvin has uh, described at length, um, I uh, grasp for strange words like ontology and what have you, uh, but um, as you as you get more familiar with it, and as you have conversations with lots and lots of different people, you tend to work out um, analogies and ways of describing things that that that, that go cut to the quick uh, and 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 sum up much more accurately, precisely, and clearly. And so, by the end of it all, I think um, I've gone through maybe three editors: Melvin, Tariq. Uh, and all of the other readers, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. pretty much roll all my explanations off pat, you know. <laughs> but at the beginning, it was hard. I remember uh, 
I went to um, do a presentation at the University of, uh, I don't know, in, in West Midlands somewhere. And I was the, before I'd started writing the book and I was starting to explore artificial intelligence. And I, I was trying to talk about what's called Markov blankets. And I was like, the whole audience, the eyes, they all just, just blanked me. And even I was like, Pete, what the are you talking about actually? But <laughs> yeah. you just burble on, you know, and you think, okay, I'll sort it out later. So yeah, there are some 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 really difficult contents, of course, buried in it all. But uh, ultimately, you're telling a story, and the story has to work as story. And with the interface with Melvin's, what we worked out was that we could have the sort of AI version one in Melvin's, um, and then AI version two or three in mine. Uh, or version two being what, what was running and version three was what was the revolutionary thing that was going to be brought by right. Melvin's character to uh, free the people in Iraq, the, the prison camps. Is that, is that a fair and accurate description, Melvin? Um, I, I, I think so. I don't know how much the different uh, levels... Did that, did that happen that much? I mean, you know, I suppose you, you did have different... I, I seem to remember in one drop you did have different... Um, uh, different levels. I think yours was the encyclopedic version you see of AI, where uh, it just yeah, throwed yeah, up stuff. Right. Yeah, and that's right. You, you up, had yeah. a sort of read-off version, and then you had a much yeah, yeah, more yeah. interactive version, didn't you? I mean, um, you know, it has to be said, Danny, that you know, Pete, Pete um, when he does these things, does go into them in 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 depth. You know, and I mean, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's, it's his nature. So you know, but, and then, but then, having done that, you've got to pull it back for the story. Yeah. Because you can't have huge, great, detailed, um, you know, explanations. You know, which he does, which he does. So um, yeah, it was. It was, as I say, it was a steep learning curve. I think for all of us. It sounded. Yeah, especially when doing when those two were were drunk half the time, was trying to explain things. It didn't help, you know. Like, say that again. It helped quite a lot, Danny, because he'd explain <laughs> it, you know, and you'd understand it. And then next time you saw him, you couldn't remember it anymore. So. <laughs> I think everyone's work is better when they're a bit drunk, personally. <laughs> I think that's the only way to work. So yeah. I'm expecting now from your novel evening. So we're going to we're gonna do a collaborative process again, but for your novel evening. Um, I'm imagining it's going to involve some alcohol with your guests who are coming. Um, it sounds like you guys enjoy, enjoy a beverage when you're brainstorming. So first thing we've got to agree on is where are we going to go for your evening? So where had you both thought of going? Well, sorry, Pete, go ahead. Oh, well, I was, I was just going to go off on my holes up the road to Blackpool Fun Fair. Where were you going, Melvin? Blackpool Fun Fair? Yeah, why not? You know, simple pleasures, <laughs> roller coasters, to, 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 to death rides. I don't know how simple the pleasures are at Blackpool. To be honest, I was thinking uh, the best place to go would be where we did most of our breakthrough at Storming, which was around Tariq's kitchen table with him cooking us some spicy lamb chops. Aww. That's true. That's true. That's true. Maybe you so, could have a bit of a trip around Blackpool and then end up back there for pork chops. Lamb. Well, not sure. <laughs> yeah, lamb. We're very particular. <laughs> lamb. It has to be lamb. Lamb chops. Be- Burnt to a cinder in that case. <laughs> oh, not burnt. I, 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 when, when, when Tariq hears that he served burnt lamb chops, Pete, your life's not going to be worth living. <sighs> Let's take the meal that Tariq cooks and with our help. You know, at least my, my role is usually just to chop the onions. And uh, let's take it to Blackpool. Burn the rice, Pete. Your job's usually to burn the rice. Yes, yes, yes. But that's an art form, burning rice, you know. <laughs> You've got it down to an absolute fine art now. Absolutely, yeah. 
I can't make rice. He practices it every time he does it. Oh, this sounds delicious at Blackpool. Um, burnt <laughs> rice and, and chopped onions. Lovely. Okay. So we're going to take, maybe take the meal to Blackpool. Um, anything goes because this is magical. It's a fantasy evening, so it's fine. Peter, who's the first person you're going to invite? Uh, I'll probably take Tristram Shandy from uh, the, the Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy from about mid-18th century. A really bizarre book in which uh, time warps, uh, space warps. It's a really postmodern, weird uh, I think it's Lawrence Stern that wrote it, and a really, really weird and trippy story, so that whoever I'm with and whoever Melvin invites to, I can just leave the space, you know, have an out-of-body experience, leave you, leave you guys on the beach, you know, with these bombs and balls that he's invited if he does invite them, and uh, trip off with someone else, you know. So that's who first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring, you know, space-bending, time-bending character Tristram Shandy. That's my yeah. first character. I feel like that's a backup plan in case the evening isn't what you want. It's true, though. It's true. But <laughs> I've had many evenings with Melvin and Tariq, and you know, you always need your backup plan. <laughs> you need that back, that plan B backup. Yeah, great, lovely. That's charming, Melvin. What about you? Well, you know, um, ever since I was a, a small child. Um, a my first reading, I always preferred the baddest to the goodies, you know. Oh. I, I just never liked them. I always, uh, you know, the, the goodies was, oh, God, you know, as soon as you read them, you know what's going to happen and, you know, it's going to be all right and all that sort of thing. So I, I, I'd like, um, I mean, I don't like the, if I meet bad people in real life, you know, it's a pain in the neck, isn't it? But fictionally, we they're a lot of fun. We like, especially, you know, a villain that can maybe be redeemed in some way. We do like a... I personally prefer a, a villain that just doesn't get redeemed, really. You know, <laughs> just it's a villain that doesn't care. Redemption, redemption is a much overrated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Getting away with it is much better. However, having said that, um, so I, and, and I'm also a big fan of mythology. So I'd like to invite, I'd like to invite Loki. Oh, yeah. You know, mischief, he'd be absolutely hilarious, of course, a fantastic sense of humor. Um, there might there might be a few sort of murders or something en route, but you know, what the hell? It's Blackpool. It's Blackpool. There's always murders. <laughs> That's why there's always something going on in Blackpool, isn't there? Something going I'm on sure he'd, he'd love a roller coaster, wouldn't he? I, I think, he'd, he, you know, he's, he's always a big drinker, lots of yeah. jokes, you know, he's always got the info, and uh, you, you wouldn't know how the evening's going to go. I think even even Tristan Shandy might be a bit um, a bit shocked at, uh, at the way the evening might turn out with, with Loki sitting there. Loki, I think with both of those together, it's already got off to a bit of a strange start, hasn't it? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Okay, so we have our two characters yeah. have arrived. Would you like to invite someone to our party? Oh, who could I? Oh, who would I be able to put who would match with this group of people? Oh, this is a tough one. Do you know what? Do you know who I think would actually do really well in Blackpool at a drinking fest with Loki? Would be Gimli the Dwarf. Oh, really? Gimli I think, the Dwarf, right? Yeah, I think he's got, he's very funny, he likes yeah. to drink. He's got some stories, but I think he could do with loosening up and lightening up a little bit. He could do with lightening up a bit. He's a bit, he's a bit stuffed up himself, I think, Gimli. He's a little bit, but I feel like with this group, 
I think he'd do all right, you know. I think that's a very good choice. I have to say, I was thinking of someone from Lord of the Rings, but in my case, it was going to be the Balrog. However, <laughs> I can imagine him hanging out in Blackpool. He'd he'd have a good time in Blackpool. Wouldn't he? I feel like no one would even bat an eyelid either. People would just be walking down the street past the bar. Right. Oh, no, yeah. you do. <laughs> What's the fiery tail doing? <laughs> the bar. Peter, do you have anyone you want to add to this? Well, you know, it's all taken a really bizarre bizarre twist um, and uh, I think uh, maybe I'll, I'll invite the, the the old woman who lived in her shoe then you know she, she had so many kids she didn't know what to do take them all to Blackpool come yourself old lady. oh you're gonna bring all the you kids know? yeah why not you know there's a beach they can run around there and uh, have fun there yeah so yeah she sounds like she's had a really hard life you know she deserves some party and she does to go in a funny mirror stalls and uh, dress up as a cowboy or whatever in those Wild West saloon things and take a roller coaster and the death plunger, yeah. Oh, I have no, to say, as someone with two very young children, I think she'd much prefer it if you left her multiple children at home. <laughs> well, was there not another sort of rhyme where they locked lock them all up and uh, I can't remember, these these wild uh, children's rhymes that go on, but yeah, you can lock them all up and maybe she can lock them up in the shoe yeah, and go off fine. on her own way, have you a day out. Paper and a bit of water and some cereal or something, that'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I wish I'd thought of it when I had young children. <laughs> this is where this goes live and I've got, you know, social services on my doorstep. Can we yeah, just check your children are okay? Can <laughs> you use newspaper when you go away? Okay, so the Balrog Gimli, Tristram, uh, who else did we have as Low well? Loki. And the old woman who lives in the shoe are all at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Perhaps we'll go and take a show or something up the tower. You I've know? got one more. I've got one more, actually, that I thought because... It, because it was mainly baddies, I think they need someone very, very good to sort of push up against them, you know? Okay. Someone very, very good to sort of, you know, perhaps perhaps someone very, very good just to have the piss taken out of them, I don't know, you know, it's difficult to tell in it. And, um, you know, as, as, as an atheist, as someone who's interested in mythology, you know, then of course, you know, the Bible is also play a game for this. So I think we ought to invite Jesus. <laughs> He liked he liked wine as well. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll he's certainly have enough wine. food. He just liked wine, and when the wine <laughs> runs out, when the wine, wine runs out, he can, he can turn the water into wine. So he's the man to have at a party. I mean, he really is. You'll have never run out of booze or fish. Food, food or fish. Yeah. <laughs> and if all we've got is burnt rice. If anyone, if anyone should OD or have an overdose or somewhere, bring them back to life. What, what events are we attending? We've at this taken party? a weird turn here. This is like the most bizarre. Let's have a party with fictional characters I've ever sat in. Not that I've sat in, but we could get this guest list to this party. I can tell you what people would be paying millions of pounds mm -hmm. to go. It's an absolute. It's an absolute. Well, to sit and have a selfie with the Balrog and Jesus. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a dream. It's a dream. It's a dream party. I also think this is the weirdest one I've had yet um and we've had some weird ones that this one's left me a little speechless actually um peter do you want to add anything to the mix or do you think this is weird enough 
Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe we should 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 add some uh, some since since Loki's running wild, we'll we'll give Loki a sidekick. So uh, there's a there's a a, a character from a crime fiction writer called Chester Hines called Imabel, and she's really good at blowing things up and stuff. So she can ride shotgun with Loki. There you go. We'll never we'll, ne we'll never want for her anything while Imabel and Loki's riding tandem. No, Pete, I've I've realised that we've um, we've done we've done a, a, a dreadful thing here, which is is that it's all blokes. Well, I don't think uh, the old lady who lives in the shoe is a bloke. Imabel's a woman too. That's true. Oh, right. okay. Imabel, yes, Imabel in Raging Harlem, from Raging Harlem, Chester Hines. Yeah, invited her. Yeah, okay. yeah, she's a very inventive, resourceful woman. Runs off with the okay. gold, leaves okay. the guys standing. I mean, I'm coming as well because. Oh, Whatever go. happens, there I want to at least witness it. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I think so. we good. We good. A mixed group, um, <laughs> to say the least. Is there anybody that you? I feel like the answer is going to be no. But is there anybody you don't want to show up to your party? I don't want the devil. I don't want the devil to come. If Jesus is coming, I I can't stand the arguments, religious <laughs> arguments. You know. You I've can't deal with the drama. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? They're gone forever. They ruined the party, arguing about this and that. You know when you watch like an episode of Towie or something and there's always someone having a fight, that would be Jesus and the devil. We don't need it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it would be, it'll be like Towie gone mad, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to get in the middle of them. Oh, no one wants that. I, I, I'd say no, uh, no heroes or heroines from the works of Charles Dickens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to get child picking, oh, mate? Uh, the whole lot of them. The whole lot of them. They they don't want to come to Blackpool. They can stay down in Cheltenham or wherever it is. I don't know. where. I mean, you've mentioned ODing and drugs and explosions. And I don't think they would. I don't think they'd vibe. Do you know what I mean? I think they would turn up and be quite. It just wouldn't be their, their sort of scene. I don't think they'd like it anyway. So best <laughs> keep them out. Best keep them out. Yes. Uh, I'm also not. I'm not a fan of Charles Dickens. So I'm very relieved by that news um that that suits me down to the ground um i don't know if we'll be welcome back in blackpool and i've never been before so this would be my one and only time oh no well we would um, we would certainly light up those illuminations i feel danny and have a good time <laughs> and, uh, frankly i should think they'd want us to be a permanent fixture after that after that party there in. So. i just there are no words um it's it's quite the guest list um quite the guest list it is. And Red the thing is, as well, the Balrog, we can have mulled wine because you've got Jesus. You've got the Balrog <laughs> to keep. There you go. Everything Mixing you can want. Up. I don't know what dwarves drink, but Gimli would have something hideous. He'd drink something or other, yeah. yeah. Well, they're him and the Balrog. You know, there's going to be a bit of beef there. What was, you know. Oh, there'll be quite a bit of beef there. Well, there probably might be a small fight somewhere. But you need a fight on a good night out. I did a good night out, I think, yeah. yeah. Saturday night's all right for fighting. That's the song has. Jesus will sort them out. We don't need to get involved. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll be slipping punches. Just from Shandy's off at that point. I'm off with him. <laughs> well, we can fight it out with Jesus. Good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, Matt, this is... Um, not a good yeah. idea. It's not a good idea to start a fight with Jesus, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> not good odds. Not good odds. The odds I just aren't, think the odds aren't good. And if you're starting a fight with someone else and you get damaged, Jesus can come in and sort it out. It's true. But if you get damaged in a fight with Jesus, yes. and you know, I as an atheist as well, I still want to keep my options open. And I feel like actively starting a fight with Jesus is locking a door that you just yeah. never know. 
you're, you're kind of burning your bridges if you have a fight with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you really, you, <laughs> you really are. That's one door infinitely shut to you. you That's it. it. Yeah. You're Listen, right. Jesus, yeah. I've had enough of you. It's all about you all the time, isn't it? Me, me, me. Whack. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be turning the other cheek, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, my chances of heaven are really slim anyway, but I'd like to keep that 1% chance yeah. by not punching Jesus. Forget it. Forget it. No. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been wild. Um, I have to say, this might be one of my favourite novel evenings that's ever been curated. Yeah. I'm gonna... It's been a lot of fun. Certainly. Um, and thank you for, for sharing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mull on that one for a while actually and play out some scenarios in my head. Um, and before I let both of you go and celebrate the football in whatever way, shape, or form you see fit, are either of you reading anything at the moment? I'm reading yep. *Gigantula* by Irin Olsen of Koiju, uh, which is really trippy and out there and shape shifting. Uh, she's she's an amazing. Uh, short story writer, novelist, uh, and it, it's a, it's a it's a whole new world for me. The 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 the, the way she writes and the, the 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 places she 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 creates through her imagination. Yeah, that's my my great tip for anyone who's looking for something wild and wacky and new. Here in Austin, if you're not read her, here in Austin, I'll call you. Wow. She did not pay me for saying any of that. <laughs> <laughs> as well because you mentioned trippy and out there and weird a few times yeah Maybe i'm bored with realism and reality my life is let's say be frank my life is boring everything around me is boring you know i gotta go off into these other worlds to get any excitement that's why i read fantasy that's precisely i don't want to read about the day-to-day -day. i want to read weirdness and magic well there you go then there you go, there you go. Oh, Take horrible dystopian futures that I can picture myself in. Oh no, what role would you have in that, Danny? Where would you be? What would you be doing? Would you be being, re being rewritten? I would not, I don't think. Um, I don't think there's a chip big enough to rewrite me, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> I think I'd be an enigma. Um, I have, I've always had an apocalypse plan um, in my back pocket, a plan B for zombies nuclear war whatever happens so i think i'll take my little boat and head up as far far north as i can go to a little scottish island just hide out and wait for it all to blow over that's Sounds a brilliant like idea and a, a zombie apocalypse plan everyone should have one in their back pocket they should <laughs> you, just, you never know you know i watched 28 days ago. it's feasible it's the place to go it's the way to be it is and what about you melvin what are you reading i'm reading this at the moment Ooh, under the skin. Now I've heard of this. How are you finding it? I'm enjoying it very much, actually. I mean, the peculiar thing about this was that I started reading it, um, and it's basically about um, a, a woman who's driving around in the car, sort of picking up blokes and then drugging them, and they're sort of disappearing into some weird farm. I won't, I won't give you any major uh, spoilers beyond those. And um, I, I'm enjoying it. It's um, it's Ooh. certainly not realist, although like all the best, it's a science fiction thing, really. I suppose it's what you might call contemporary science fiction in that it's a, a could be, rather like um, uh, our triptych that, uh, that Peter yeah. and I are writing, um, in a very different way, as it's set against a, a very normal, ordinary society. The strange thing was, though, that um, I was about halfway through it when I 
I was looking for a film to watch and I found a film called Under the Skin. And uh, so I started watching that and uh, it was completely different, but it still involved uh, a woman going around getting these blokes. And in fact, it was based on this, but changed beyond all that recognition. A film with uh, Scarlett Johansson in it, um, which was actually extremely weird, much weirder than the book. Very, very weird, quite surreal and with some sort of quite odd... Uh, filmic techniques in it worth watching and, and i'd say worth reading as well worth reading i will definitely add that it's, it's unusual actually as well to find a film that kind of outweirds a book yeah yeah it was it was it was really weird it was really weird as i say i i i, I don't want to go into it in any depth because if anyone wants to read it, it would be i want sport. to read it <laughs> worth reading uh it's definitely worth reading you know and um i mean there were certain obvious things the woman in this is um you know um a bit looks quite odd. Um, Scarlett Johansson doesn't look very odd at all, no. you know, and, and was very sexed up in the film. They so. gotta sell tickets, Melvin. They gotta so sell me and you and the ugly people of the world that we belong to. We can't sell the tickets. Speak for yourself, Pete. <laughs> anyway, there you go. There you go. That's my. Uh, that's my. Okay. I, I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it and the film. It's very interesting to see how uh, how far they've gone to change the book. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Juno Dawson. I have just picked up her newest novel, um, oh, her HMRC, Majesty's Her Majesty's Royal Coven, oh, and I only started yesterday, and I'm plowing through it. It's um, really interesting, really interesting, um, incredibly well written. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. But I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add Under the Skin to my uh, to my list. I'm gonna check the film out because I've I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I didn't realize they were based you know it was based on that so interesting I think so yeah yeah interesting worth, yeah. It, worth a look worth a read well I'm gonna say that that's my tagline for this episode as well is uh interesting and, and worth a look um <laughs> that's right I think it's been is. very unexpected but I have really really enjoyed chatting with you both and thank you cool. so much for for joining me thanks for having us on Danny it's been uh, a pleasure it's been a pleasure you've been great Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.